0: Welcome to Loving the Snow Life, the podcast where our snow resort obsessed mums talk everything snow. You'll learn stuff including ski school, is it worth it, how to get the best travel deals, what snow gear to buy, sustainability and much more. Some mums love the Kardashians. our mums love ski documentaries. Between them, they've skied 84 snow resorts and they've dragged us to plenty of them. We're not complaining, we love it. Over to you, mums. How green are snow resorts? In the world. In the world. <laughs> in the world. And it's a massive, massive topic. But we have broken this topic down between the two of us and done many, many hours of research and
1: interviews. And what did you look into, um, My, res- I, I looked into North American resorts uh, so, America and Canada, obviously, and New Zealand resorts and, wow, varies, but it's great. It's good. We are at the forefront. What? A, sorry, Emma, what did you, before we get into it, what did you, who did you look into?
0: I looked choice? into Australia, Japan and Europe, so quite massive, mm-hmm. um, and I also interviewed um, Associate Professor Diesendorf, who is a sustainability researcher and educator primarily in energy systems, and he was former principal researcher at the CSIRO, which is Australia's national research organisation, and now um, is a professor at UNSW. My going to do the massive job of just breaking it right down and we're going to look at uh, uh, energy, including biomass, solar, wind... Uh, fossil fuel and uh, nuclear,'re we going to look at uh, electric cars or you know vehicles lack I of. guess, lack of <laughs> snow and snow
1: making. Yeah, so quite massive. It is massive, massive topic, but what I did find is that ski resorts are at the forefront. Like they are doing so much for the environment completely. in completely single shape and form and and looking after these the towns that were at the bases of these mountains you know there's
0: a perception out people have that ski resorts are just guzzling energy guzzling places just frivolous fun don't care about the environment don't care about
1: anything but it's actually not quite correct is it not at all not at all i mean it, it could have been right back in the 70s yeah but they have certainly changed their ways now i think they have to because everyone is more conscious of the environment and, you know, one of my favorite things I read while I was researching this was by um, the CEO of Vale cats Robert Katz. He's, he said the environment is both our product and our passion. And I thought, wow, okay, so if, they can, if the CEO of a massive corporation can have this as his main thought process, and I feel like everyone around the world has kept on this as well. Every ski resort around the world is thinking this because it is. At the end of the day, they're selling the mountain, so they have to keep – and the environment – Everyone thinks about going on a ski holiday to get the fresh air, to get the, the views, to kind of feel healthy when you're out there. You're being in an activity, you're skiing, you're snowboarding, whatever you're doing, but you're there because of the lifestyle. So I feel like these guys and what we've researched and what we found out, they're actually they're keeping that lifestyle for us and keeping it healthy.
0: That's right. I th- yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're driving it because we don't want to lose it right? Yeah, no. So we all secretly have these questions and we're afraid to ask them or say them because (laughs) we think we're the only ones, but actually they're things that maybe are really common for people to question. Yeah, definitely. So something simple is like carbon offsets. I mean, I've, you know, we've, we've booked tickets before on airlines and thought, and they say, do you want to do carbon offset your seat? And, you know, I don't know how much thought we've ever given to it really. So is carbon offset really and but it's essentially uh programs that if you go and you know spend 100 bucks on a carbon offset ticket that hundred dollars will then go towards a program whether it's replanting trees or looking after the uh reef or looking after the land or a river system something and i didn't actually realize until i started looking into each of these airline no
1: programs they're incredible What I thought was like, that's going to add $400 to my end price, (laughs) That's which is really, after reading everything, it's quite a negative view. Well, that's our first thought, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. We're all on the money going, okay, that's going to cost me that amount of money to go there. Why am I going to give another hundred bucks to something? But really... It's quite amazing when you do, and you researched a lot, the airlines, Emma. So what was it like? Yeah.
0: Well, I looked, I loved the Qantas ones, the Australian Qantas ones. They, they had three really amazing programs that, like I just mentioned, they look after the reef or you can choose to look after the wetlands. Some of them, I, I mean, every airline has these programs, um, Japan airlines, well, I'll get to Japan, but they were the first ones to come up with this, um, carbon offset airline program, but I wasn't loving their their programs are a bit vague. Yeah. I quite like the specific
1: program so that might be well when we're spending money we want to know where our money's going if we, we want to <laughs> go skiing in
0: Japan and we've got the choice between JAL and Qantas and it comes down to well do we have a preference for the airline we can it can maybe nudge us over the line
1: yeah true it could yeah yeah at the end of the day I my, I prefer probably to my I'd go put the money back into the resort more almost but being in the climate that we're in maybe I will look at Qantas differently now in that offset and go oh, wow I could be saving the reef for my children in the future it depends what you're really yeah, yeah what you're I'm really passionate this, about yeah. yeah i've never thought about this before i'm not that person mm. yeah <laughs> sorry yeah it's yeah. been really interesting learning curve this topic for me it's been great yeah really really great yeah so um
0: when i was talking to professor Dysondorf, he i mean look if we look at energy we're looking at solar which we all know wind we all know it's wind farms wind turbines Sorry, solar is like solar panels yeah. on roofs and things. Biomass, I wasn't totally clear about biomass, no. another dumb question, but it's no. it's anything. Not dumb,
1: just like.
0: Uh, I call them a dump, you know. Yeah, I have noticed
1: about <laughs> biomass like, like before I started. I was
0: like, what? <laughs> it's It's any kind of organic matter, you know, wood, wood chips, crops, seaweed, and that's becoming bigger and bigger, but that's another topic. Yeah. Um, so it's anything that kind of comes from nature that can be sort of channeled, and uh, electricity yeah. created mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, and then of course uh, nuclear energy we know, and fossil fuels, which are the gas and electricity. Yeah, yeah.
1: and Pretty a lot and all of these energy sources are used highly within the ski resorts because of chairlifts, because of the transport up to the mountains, the snow groomers, the snowmaking. When you think about it, what goes into a ski resort to make it run every day? Is high, highly reliant on energy. <laughs> totally, yeah. Very carbon carbon he-
0: heavy, and very um, yeah traditional sort of petrol and diesel and and stuff. But um, Professor Dysondor's his opinion was really that transforming electricity is the key. Um, transforming
1: transport takes a lot longer. He felt it really that really makes sense because we, as we were talking about it before, like you kind of to change someone's thought of how they're going to get to the snow is a lot harder than actually making an option better for like once they get there and we were saying about you and
0: i were talking before about the whole electric car thing and yeah. that is that yes um electric cars are very very popular in uh, europe and european resorts and things and of course getting much bigger in north america but yeah, especially in
1: california yeah
0: <laughs> California yeah, yeah they're dotted all along when you're, you're driving to Utah and you yeah. can stop and everything um Australia of course they're getting more more popular but we were saying like if you if you've got an electric car and you're going to go for a road trip around Australia in general like you're going to be a little bit more limited so
1: yeah yeah it's I, I do agree with the there's not in one at day to put in there's not probably an electric side at bright on your way to you know Mount Hotham and so it's a little bit more difficult to be sustainable with electric cars for us so much in Australia. And New Zealand as well, actually. There's not a lot of electric sites in New Zealand. He was he was saying
0: that operating electric cars is climate friendly and there are because there are fewer moving parts and the production of the battery uses a fair amount of energy. But it, it's once once it's made, once it's created, yeah. to run it is a lot more climate friendly. Um, and in Norway, more than half the new cars are electric now. This um, We'll get into the renewable um, energy sources of different um, ski resorts. But when we're talking about renewable energy, a lot of this stuff's coming from power purchase agreements between, say, the ski resorts and the companies that are supplying the renewable uh, ski resorts that are doing this really well have set up these successful power purchase
1: agreements and we're going to see more and more of that in the future yeah definitely so there's uh, i guess the biggest ways that they that the resorts are trying trying to kind of control their reduce their energy not control it is reduce their energy is through um building greener buildings while we're kind of moving moving with the electric cars and talking about the transportation that is a big part of um, their 2030 plan to make everything zero emissions within the ski resorts in North America and kind of New Zealand. So a lot of the things that they do in North America, for example, is they're reducing their, um, the types of fuel they use in their cars. So for one example, which I thought was quite clever, is that at Mount Bachelor in Oregon, they all their shuttles that go up and back to the hills, they actually changed all their fuel to be recycled cooking oil Hmm. Which is so much better for the environment, which is uh, you know and in Oregon it's a beautiful state, and they would really enjoy kind of knowing that that's what's happening because let's face it, there's a lot of shuttles that go up and down the mountains every day in every ski resort so and in New Zealand they've kind of taken the approach that they've their their buses that go up and down down the hill have taken twenty to thirty cars from going up to the hills from going up to New Zealand, and they're all done on biodiversity diesel as well so it's quite interesting. Quite, even starting at that level yeah because that's good in itself
0: isn't it like taking a bus and replacing the cars that's like step number one tick and then yeah. step number two looking at the fuel for the for the buses is good that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so
1: it's just a simple, like the ski resorts are just minimizing that to that key you know like they're thinking down to that level the first thing how do we get them to the resorts let's help that with the let's make that work with the environment so.
0: well yeah and in europe they are very well established with their transport systems in their ski resorts a lot of the resorts uh in switzerland and italy and austria they are <clears throat> carless yeah. carless resorts they're you know pedestrian only they have an option where you could use um electric cars in the resorts um or they just do shuttle around the resorts so you're not getting in and out of your car like we were in Utah
1: yeah. last year yeah. for sure. Um, America certainly is a little bit different. Well, America and Canada, North America, they're different because you do need a car to get around resorts there sometimes. You know, there's you can ski in, ski out at a lot of the resorts, but sometimes you need to use it to go to other resorts whereas in europe they've got the train systems. like wow mm. that's inc- like blows me away when we were like what are they the fun t- mm. no they're not fun a Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> so, no yeah like it amazed me in europe their mm. transport systems up to their mountains like you just get off at a station and you're at a ski resort and then another station you're at another ski resort we
0: were looking into um using our epic pass at one of the european resorts and we one of the first thoughts was what kind of car do we need to get around and everybody who we spoke to on the the forums and everything said you won't it's not like north america you won't need a car like that you just get on a train and they're you know with the skis and everything which i should have remembered from from doing a season in Capron in um, Austria, but it's been a long time B- between <laughs> blue vines. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, so it is. they are quite different. When we researched, we realised how different the world is. Like, we're still one planet, but mm. just the different mountains and the landscapes um, adhered to, because the mountains in North America are more set up for tourism, whereas the mountains in Europe are still farming land. and yeah.
0: and that totally leads into what they were able to do in that way. So Austria, all, a lot of those um, ski resorts, so when when we did our um, ski, Anwerter, um, in Austria's ski instructing certification, they had us moving around different ski resorts before we kind of worked at Kaprun in Austria. And so we got to see, you could still smell the the cow dung. <laughs> yeah. and But all the cows were packed away for the winter in these big barns but then in the summer they're just out pooping all over the ski slopes and so that's why they've got so much more of a heavy reliance on biomass as renewable energy because it's all being you know funneled down there's quite a volume of it whereas like we don't have in Australia um cattle pooping all over the you know the ski resort
1: so it's not going to be a logical Kind of use of energy. Yeah, it's not going to be our one. Yeah. yeah. Whereas we've got a lot of wind.
0: We've and we've got a lot of solar. We've got a lot of sunshine. So that's right.
1: Yeah. So no, that's. So depending on the environment, and they've really harnessed it. Each resort I found is really is really using what they've got, which is great. That's so true. Yeah, (laughs) they have. They really. I mean, I think about
0: Japan and. I was really disappointed with Japan, really, because with the renewable, <laughs> with, with renewable. Yeah, I mean that you know, of course they've got their nuclear power, and we saw that how that could fail with Fukushima, but um, they and they've got these kind of uh, vague targets, like yeah, twenty thirty,
1: but they're kind of not very specific, and also they're. Very- do you, Do you think maybe because Japan don't st- have it until? the influx of Australians in the last 10 years. They haven't really seen their ski resorts as money-making or they've just kind of – it's been a little bit of an employment kind of line for the older generation, the old farmers over there. So they haven't really thought about
0: it, do you think? Yeah, well, remember you and I found that when we were in Ferrano where we would just all go out for dinner and they it was like they didn't get the memo that there were going to be a whole lot of us coming (laughs) and then it would just be like two people in the restaurant and they could have employed – 20 people to feed everyone they're running around so it's like the tourism hasn't they've been caught out by the volume of people it seems like in a way but Japan the other problem with Japan is because they've got of course all the onsens because the center of Japan is um you know geologically active and everything and they've got the hot springs and the hot water you'd think that it would be a great idea to have geothermal energy. energy but of course a lot of these onsens and these onsens are feeding into hotels that have been in the maybe in the family for generations, and they don't they don't want anything to change. They have a good thing happening. It's been used as a um, you know a health spa for maybe a hundred years, and there's all these unions yeah, that actually. are like kind of holding back the progress of. No, we don't want to like drill down and use you know use the power use the for power. for you know replacing our diesel and stuff but ironically or maybe not ironically but um hakuba right hakuba massive with tourists and everything pow japan pow like you can protect our winters. yeah protect our windows you can go back and listen to our episode on pow yeah um if you're unfamiliar with pow but pow japan's becoming bigger and bigger because of all the uh westerners skiing over there and in february 2020 there was like a a big like protest with um Japanese high school students holding signs about protect our wow. ski resort and everything and so it's going to be very driven by the tourists. tourism yeah which is
1: pretty much what North America is driven by like they are if you're at a ski resort like you know it's it's an all-round resort now they never used to be all-round resort so now they have to Make it better for the environment. They have to all get to, and because they are becoming quite like buying, like Veils vale buying and Alterra is buying. They have they're quite a large company now, and they seem to. Once you become a larger company, then you're more responsible to the tourists coming in because they do worry about their impact now on the environment. The tourists. I suppose as well friends, with probably. with um, ownership comes responsibility. Yeah. I suppose
0: like we're all kind of going okay. Great Vale, you've buying all these resorts. What are you going to do for us? Yeah, but we don't want more free chips. Do no, we? no, no. We we want we want uh, things replaced and
1: they're yeah. more, more well, sustainable. About that, though, like what, what they are doing because tourists bring food you need to feed the tourists so one of the biggest things I think that they're doing within their restaurants is they're getting rid of one use single use plastics you know and they're starting to bring in you know crockery so real knives and forks and real plates and all of that to get to stop the environmental impact that way and they're also using combustible um, containers for their soups for their coffee cups that's also in New Zealand as well so that is definitely something that it is really working towards making the environment, making Vale, oh, sorry, making North American resorts more impactful mm. when they're talking about their 2030 vision of having zero, um, zero waste, which it's is huge. How do you reckon that would have all gone?
0: Like when we were in um, Utah and we had a competition within our own family to see how long we can hang on to the same. Hot chocolate cup and get the refilled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is that's su- that's sustainable? Well, yeah, yeah. I reckon they're ever thinking bigger scale. <laughs> <laughs> But if every family did that, there like, we go. Yeah, you just. I think we're at the forefront. Yeah, and you were. You were. Our family's like, right. We were, we're just being a competition now. We, it's race, game on. We were just. Yeah, my <laughs> dad,
0: my dad, who came over after about two weeks, looked at our manky cup and he was like, "Really? <laughs> that uh, is funny.
1: That is funny."
0: Uh, but um, I mean, European ski resorts have been doing that um, reusable cutlery thing really well for a very long time. Um, that's something I just was blown away with all the European ski resorts and what they do for, um, just green, making their ski resorts green. They're just all over the renewable energy. Most of them are hundred percent renewable energy already yeah and giving back to the grid yeah the local
1: community grids that's what i found a lot in what i research is that they do they actually give a lot back to the local grids so the energy that they're producing they'll buy you know or they'll feed it back into the local sources to last them through summer Mm. it's pretty amazing Mm. but they're actually that's it i mean whatever they're doing in these resorts
0: if they're still having to use snow making which okay that's well, not a good thing right most
1: of the time but realistically but, but they're giving a lot back to the local communities. so yeah definitely but realistically honestly we have to do this because we've got climate change coming so you, you know that's a whole another subject of the snowfall and the changing of the, the seasons but snow making is going to be the biggest thing that they're working with you know and the water the water that they need for snow making and where to push where to push the snow after the water happens i mean since the 90s they've reduced the chemicals in snow making to nearly zero now it's well, quite amazing one of the problems with the snow
0: making yeah. um you found a resort that gets around that haven't you like one of the problems is that it's very um uh, water heavy water dependent uh,
1: but Yes yeah, so, find? in New Zealand, it was quite interesting. Cause, so they they worked out that they're higher that so ninety five percent of their water is recycled, it's from a recycled source. That it's also they get it from a higher altitude, their water. So it becomes so that's zero degrees in temperature, which when they have to make snow out of that, when it's zero degrees, it's twenty percent more efficient to make snow from zero degrees water than what it is if they grab, you know, 10 degrees water down at a lower altitude. Mm. So that's pretty incredible to even think that way. Mm. You know, so that's, they're they always thinking of different and better things to use. So they're not making an impact on the environment, these ski resorts. It was, yeah. Pretty
0: We've amazing. got actually got an interview with uh, Australia's Snowy Hydro, um, which, yeah, which is a company, Snowy yeah. Hydro. So that'll be great. We're just looking at, you know hydroelectricity, which is um, yeah. it I can't wait to interview. Just want to um, talk about solar energy now because it's really um, Professor Dazendorf really felt that it was naturally the the future of Australian renewable energy mm-hmm. um, because we got so much sun. Yeah, right? and um, there's so much you could do with solar with whether it's the um, you know, the, the the cost of them are coming down and down and so it's really becoming really cheap to run solar and um, it's, it's cheaper than fossil fuels and nuclear power um, and a lot of the mineral processing companies are actually going solar. It's worth noting for a minute about the whole solar situation in Australia because Professor... Dijsendorf was this is kind of what he specialized in and he he was he was on to everything and essentially it's a bit of a political football in Australia um but most renewable energy jobs in Australia are in solar and it is labor intensive there's 13,000 direct jobs that are in solar and only they only actually require a small amount of electricity and there's a solar panel manufacturer in Wyala, Wyala in South Australia with a new owner keeping it all local and Robert. also he felt that you know with the Chinese wages increasing with their sort of yeah they are with their quality of life increasing broadly speaking not that we can say that about the Big population but the wage advantage is decreasing for the Chinese and the transport costs and the whole political crime climate with what's gone on with the whole corona and the infighting that's going on at the moment yeah in the world that it and also the Australian sentiment of let's return some manufacturing to Australia there's actually it let's hope it all shifts for the positive that we're suddenly producing a lot and creating a lot of
1: jobs for solar for australia well it absolutely makes sense look at how much sunshine we get in australia especially down in wyella in south australia and wyella is like perfect for the ski resorts because it's right near kind of you know it's an easy act well it's not easy but it is quite flat terrain to get to our snowy mountains from there to transfer it Mm. and get the solar energy mm. which is very exciting have you ever been to viola i have mm, no oh it's a classic town <laughs> it's, well but it's like that's exciting to hear though because australia does you know we do need to build our own uh, jobs back into australia not to be pulling well in anyway, well but.
0: that's a, that's the thing that you know apparently the australian people are ready for renewable energy yeah politics is a little bit um the australian political climate is a bit can be a bit nervous around uh renewables but every day there's more and more um purchase agreements going on and um blue scope steel just signed a um a a power purchasing agreement with a solar farm to offset 66 percent of energy generated um and even though they're not the same electrons, they um, it does reduce energy volu- volatility. Yeah, so, okay. So yeah, how, how are our
1: ski resorts using the solar?
0: There's certainly so much sunshine in Australia that we could really put solar panels like they do in European ski resorts on the top of all our restaurants. Um, they've even got it in Europe on um, some of the, ska- on the chairlifts.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, we could just put it everywhere down there couldn't Absolutely. we like yeah definitely it's um a little bit different i think in north america they don't actually get this the sun for all the days that you need solar to 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 go so but saying that wolf creek in colorado which has nine chairlifts has ne- is now the first in the world ski resort to switch to all of its energy consumption to solar which is such a, like, that's pretty amazing. So, it's, I mean, I guess it's a test case to see. I, don't, I haven't researched into it to see if there were any faults throughout the seasons or anything like that. I just went, wow, to run nine chairlifts mm. in all their restaurants and mm. be solar and be carbon-free power, that's pretty impressive. Mm. But they do get 300 days at time. Yeah. So that's the difference, I think. With the other resorts kind of in North America, I, it, they're in really steep environments. Like, the mountains are pretty steep where we ski and there so I so a lot of the feedback that that I got for the solar in those areas what was um kind of they got a little bit of a knock back knock back from the environmental committees because they had to put in cranes and they had to Mm. to put the actual solar into the land Mm. Uh, into the mountains, so that the construction of the solar in steeper mountains was a bit more environmentally impacting than what the actual solar would do. Which is another interesting twist. Mm. But they, I mean, they're looking into other like. Whereas mm. in Europe, again, quite flatter terrain. You know, you can do a lot of that because it's wider and there's not so many trees and mm. it's not so mm. steep and rugged.
0: Well, the other thing is in Europe, they so they're they're pretty good with solar, given that you know they're not always in full sun a lot of these resorts but yeah. i tell you they're pretty amazing with the old wind wind energy wind energy yeah yeah um and it, uh, coming back to australia with the wind energy um i was asking professor um Diesendorf, we recently went on a road trip and all we saw was wind oh, yeah. um wind farms through and, canberra
1: through uh like, yes what's
0: it called, like george yeah like george yeah. on the way down in the snow yeah. and Actually, everything all the and, way, and more... we drove all the way to uluru there were wind farms everywhere, everywhere. and yeah. he was saying that farmers receive rent for hosting a wind turbine they get ten thousand dollars a year for a large one and um then because i was saying like well, what about the you know adjacent kind of farms do they get jealous because they're kind of ugly I, well, he <laughs> yeah. thought they were nice looking but i thought they were ugly but he was saying that <laughs> they that they might but they don't really because the wind companies are kind of really clever by they work closely with the local community and they pay for sports field and community halls and everything so it's kind of in everyone's it's interest almost
1: like a gambling like our the rsl <laughs> there we go
0: <laughs> and they create jobs during cre- construction and Like the wind turbine components are—they're expensive to ship. So hopefully, manufacturing
1: will be in Australia Australia. more and more. I hope so too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. It's such a open slather, isn't it? The environment. Like when you because before I did a lot of research on this, I was just like, oh yeah, you know, but. It just opens it up to all these amazing things that environmental people are doing and change is coming, which is really great. I think not only just for our ski resorts, but snow resorts, but the world and and sustainability. It's a big topic, as we know. (laughs) Massive. So with Japan being an island, it would get a lot of wind, I would imagine. How do they source that wind and use it within resorts?
0: Well... Um, because they're a really mountainous uh, country, obviously. Um, wh- what they do like is a bit of offshore wind turbine action. Oh, oh! And um, actually, there's a really big wind turbine uh, up near Fukushima that was that was in the path of the tsunami, and it actually the the wave didn't hit the wind turbine; it kind of passed through, and it, as we all know, it kind of the, the tsunami took out the power plant. Yeah. So it just it has shown the country that oh, you know, that for a country that has all those issues maybe that's the way to go. And the thing is about Japanese ski resorts and the what's gone on in February in 2020 in Hakuba with the protests and everything. Yeah. Is that what I liked was that the president of the Hakuba Development Company who owns Huppo 1 Resort for anyone who's skied there, he's 43 he's oh, young young right young and hip right yeah. it's all, yeah, yeah. sometimes can be down to the younger ones coming through
1: yeah
0: and um you know he we
1: think
0: 43 is young anyway.
1: well we think it's very <laughs> young
0: very very young he's so. he's not even at his quarter life but yeah. anyway he's he said in regard to that protest that he aims to switch to renewable energy power sources and reduce the fuel and power used by snow making machines and snow cats and Okay, I love that it. is a that's a comment, and he hasn't committed to no. anything on paper. But hey, he's saying it, it's, and it's, it's a there. move. It's a yeah. move in the right direction.
1: So, when, getting back to the pe- the wind, what I'm picturing is oil rigs, but it's a wind. It's a big, yeah. long. Oh, sure. Think of a but, daisy yeah. on a stick,
0: yeah. like with a ro- yeah, on a like on a on a floating, on a floating something in the water. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. So, okay. So yep. this is
1: exciting because it is an island, like I said, and they can just, and it's much better than seeing a bloody Fukushima happen yeah. again. Or you know, I don't yep. want to see that again in my lifetime. So
0: well, that's right. So pretty
1: amazing that that, that a forty-year-old, forty-three-year-old man is going. Okay, let's do it this way. Not man, but person. yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is going that. That's exciting for the whole of that region, though, because that region is going to be more and more hit by the tourism. I think as It grows within the world. I mean, North Americans are just starting to find Japan. Europeans and Australians have found Japan and New Zealanders have found Japan for the last 10 years and now all of a sudden North Americans are like, we want that powder, you know, so it's only going to get busier. So for him to start committing to the future. And power is getting bigger and bigger
0: worldwide. It is. Um, and I'm just trying to think of when I was in Japan this year, I remembered, oh, I'm half remembering, that's why I'm a bit vague, but it was <laughs> like I was in a shop. Oh, that's right. I was in a shop and they were trying to, because they love to hand out plastic bags when you shop still. And yeah. and I did. In Japan? Yeah, okay. in Japan. They, you remember oh, that? Everything's yeah, packaged. everything Yeah, yeah. and oh, I did say, yes. actually, iranai, iranai. I don't need, I don't need one. I don't want one, iranai. And then I did actually explain that, um, like we don't we don't like plastic oh. bags because i kept
1: thinking did they hear that though were they offended
0: no they were okay because oh. i kept thinking that that's what we did with cappuccinos in north america right every time we wanted a, a cappuccino we yeah. would go into a shop and we'd say cappuccino until they we went back two years ago and there's cappuccinos because well, we're all requesting them how right? true is that? so yes. why, if, why aren't yes. we all
1: just saying no more plastic no more bags, plastic bags. Or, maybe that should be something that's on the tourism now <laughs> that statement like where's the toilet no more plastic bags yeah uh, you know it you're you have right, get people power it. yeah people power helps environment yeah. power yeah yeah it's yeah it is so i
0: kind of did think of that i thought of the cappuccino i thought no if we can all be over in these ski resorts and we're all just saying no to um
1: things what, we don't what's need. the opposite of single use oh, <laughs> multiple, multiple, multi, multi multi use no, yeah. yeah yeah no it's it's really amazing actually the what what these resorts are doing i mean it's probably the, a lot of business a lot of businesses out there are doing this it's just that we have happened to research something that we absolutely love mm-hmm. and been pleasantly surprised by yeah. how much is happening at our ski resorts to look after the environment especially you know, like even the fuel in snow cats, and like you were just saying, that's, that's amazing to me. There's no longer, you don't get the stinky diesel coming out of chairlifts anymore, or out of the snow cats, or, uh, uh, you know. It's becoming less and less. Yeah, yeah it everywhere is. we've it really, looked. Really, yeah. Really is. yeah, and they are bringing in the experts. They are speaking with, you know, biologists and climatologists, and they are looking after the animals within the region and all. You know, New Zealand does this biodiversity in summer where they do all the weed control and they do the hair control and they you know they get rid of the there's a wielding pine eradication that they, they understand that summer if it's not it's just as important as winter these ski resorts now and they're kind of building this amazing environment that, that they love looking after I mean Canada plants back trees, or every year, you know, once they take them down. That's a big industry for them, so they have to – they realise they have to renew it, but they also look after it as well, you know. They're mm. not just kind of taking it for granted anymore, I don't think. Do you mm. think?
0: I think so. And and yeah. if you are – if this is a topic that interests you, please tune in to our interview with Snowy Hydro, and we are also looking into the topic of the actual renewable ski jacket brands, what ski wax, which brands are uh, – you know looking at all all the sustainability that goes into a ski and a a snowboard a snowboard production because that's yeah we we think it's an interesting um topic so we hope you do yeah
1: definitely yeah one of my favorite things this year that i came across in um canada was a company called (laughs) outdoor adventure maps and what they were doing which Blew Me Away is pretty cool. They're actually taking, you know, your your maps for every ski resort because you think about how many maps you get and Mm. they're on paper. Mm. And then some are recycled now, but this guy made – Um, a map and it was out of the clean you you clean your goggles with it Mm. so it's it's Mm. there forever you Mm. know you no longer have to take away because your map got wet or you've taken it out in the snowstorm and it's all blown apart and you see them over the hill you know even though they're recyclable it's still this is a better option we've all used them for toilet paper during corona haven't we (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's funny (laughs) but yeah it'd be interesting to see how we go corona i hope our ski resorts survive and we still have this Amazing environmental change happening within, and keep keep our resorts green. We've well us like to finish up I guess. To ask our, the question, we asked was how green are our ski resorts? Pretty bloomin' green. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, like, amazing. I'm so impressed with. Yeah, that. me too. I'm I'm
0: really stoked with what we found, yeah. and the things that they're not doing well, they're onto them. They yeah. are onto them. So I'm I'm happy to be putting my little holiday doll- dollar. In some yeah, so places, I might. Yeah. I might even look at a Qantas uh, offset. Yeah, I might even <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I love that our resorts that we frequent, which are Threadbow and Perisher in New South Wales, they both have 100
1: renewable energy. Through well, Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on
0: Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.